Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alameen, and we're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming at WCEV1450.com. If you are new to the Radio Islam family, we welcome you. Thanks for tuning in. Keep up with us on social media. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. And also take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You will find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and TuneIn, and pretty much anywhere that you get your podcasts. So look for us at Radio Islam USA. All right, Radio Islam family, as you know, we are coming to you live and direct from Chicago downtown Chicago. So there's a lot going on here. We are getting ourselves ready for a really crowded mayoral uh, race. And uh, and that's just, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to have plenty of conversations about this and just watching how this is developing. Uh, I saw a piece uh, that was uh, on ProPublica. Uh, you can go to their site. Shout out to our folks over at ProPublica. Uh, Pro As a matter of fact, uh, one of the uh, folks that was cited was uh, Mick Dumkey. We've had had him on the show a couple of times. So uh, shout out to Mick. And anyway, this piece kind of deals with uh, what Chicago voters can look forward to uh, in this crowded mayoral election. And they brought up uh, one point that they brought up that really caught my eye and I wanted to kind of dissect, go into a little bit. And that was the reason that people vote, right? They, they made mention about, you know, people vote when they are upset. And they use different language. But they, people vote when they are angry, when they're upset. And uh, they made mention, you know, in the 2015 municipal elections, that voter turnout was around 34%. And it went to 41% in the runoff later uh, that spring between our current mayor, uh, Rahm Emanuel, the incumbent, yes, and the challenger at the time, Jesus uh, Chuy Garcia. So that's a big, you know, seven percentage. Uh, that's a pretty big jump right there, right? Um, but what's interesting is that the people that don't vote, that don't come out, they're act they actually are voting, right? They are saying that they are okay with the status quo, that things are fine where they are, and they don't need to come out. They don't need to stand in line. They don't, you know, they don't need to do that. So a no vote is a vote for the status quo. So concerns that we've talked about on this program, um, some of those concerns like economic disinvestment on the south and west sides of the city or police accountability. Uh, you can do a mental cue up of the Laquan McDonald murder, a uh, 17 year old African-American male who was murdered by former police officer Jason Van Dyke, as well as the um, trial of three of his fellow officers who were accused of trying to cover up the incident by writing false reports. Right. So these are things that should come to mind. When we think about police accountability or we can also look at another issue, uh, an elected school board. Now, these are issues that affect all of Chicago, even though all of Chicago might not recognize that right because sometimes we only think that the things that touch us physically uh, those things that touch us directly are the things that we need to be concerned about we don't really see the overall impact and unfortunately Chicago uh, like many other urban 
centers uh, around the country. Uh, we find ourselves divided by race uh, and class, with the former having the majority, uh, I guess, uh, the, the most uh, serious impact. Now, as it relates to Chicago, uh, according to the 2010 U.S. Census, Chicago's racial composition uh, was as follows, 45% white, 31.7% non-Hispanic white, 32.9% black, and 5.5% Asian. Now, uh, now, of course, there are more, um, there are more populations. When you know, I didn't mention uh, Native American, uh, there are, you know, there are other populations in there. But this is what, what was given. Now, uh, a lot of times, our politics and the issues that we, uh, that we find ourselves, you know, gathering around, there is a, there is a racial component because there's a, uh, th- that also relates to, uh, geography. Right. So think about this. Today's demographic divide, you know, it's been shaped by discriminatory housing policies. And these housing policies pushed African-Americans, which were uh, arriving at the time in mass from the south. Uh, This we refer to as the Great Migration. And they were pushed into south uh, and west side neighborhoods. So these communities have become synonymous with a lack of social services and economic disinvest—excuse me, disinvestment—and if you couple that with uh, statistics that show that um, the majority of Chicago's violent crimes um, that they seem to be centered around these areas, South West Sides. Now, of course, we are kind of jumping over a lot of the, uh, the the forming how you know how this this lack of uh, social how the lack of social services how the lack of um, economic investment how those things contributed to what we see today and of course we also don't make the mistake of thinking that violence began uh, or was just situated in those communities you know we can go back to uh, the, the the Capone days uh, and the you know the Valentine's Day massacre. We can go back to uh, the, the the violence that was taking place back in the in the twenties. Um, you know we're looking at uh, prohibition, and you know so violence is not something that is is just you know revealed itself to us. I should say it like that. But uh, as we are situated right now today, these are things that sometimes when we when we talk about these issues, we these are issues that have an impact more so on communities of color. So when we think about uh, those people, uh, the residents of Chicago, becoming uh, energized or feeling like they need to come out and vote, well, we've got to think, you know, do they feel like these things really impact them? Uh, or does a shift impact, you know, where they at? So right now we have 21 people who have filled out paperwork to join the race to become Chicago's next mayor. And my question is, is there one of them? Is there one? You know, if there's two, that's great. But is there at least one among them that's really concerned with making Chicago a healthy and prosperous place for all of its residents? Or do we have a slate of folks who are simply looking to be elected to maintain a status quo that has worked for some but not for all? 
Now, remember this again about the electorate. Angry people vote. People who are dissatisfied, they vote. And uh, people, we can add another group to this. People who feel that a change will disrupt the status quo, that benefits, or at the very least, does not harm them. Those people can be angered. They can be angered by a potential change. And those people also vote. So let's uh, let's look. Let's look at who is among the 21 and ask ourselves who represents potential for healing for the city as a whole, potential for development, uh, potential for stability, right, and security. Who represents those things out of uh, those who have signed up to take on our city's highest position, our city's highest elected position? So we've got State Comptroller Susanna Mendoza, uh, Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle, Cook County Circuit Court Clerk Dorothy Brown, State Rep LaShawn Ford, former U.S. Commerce Secretary Bill Daly. And uh, you all may have, if you uh, heard our previous program, um, I think we had a bit of a chuckle uh, about the resurgence or resurfacing of Bill Daly. Uh, But anyway. Uh, City Hall veteran and attorney Jerry Chico, former Chicago police superintendent Gary uh, McCarthy, former Chicago public school CEO Paul Vallis, former federal prosecutor Lori Lightfoot, businessman Willie Wilson, former alderman Bob Fioretti, tech entrepreneur Neil Sales Griffin, Southwest Side attorney Jerry Joyce, activist Jamal Green, Austin Chamber of Commerce director Amara Inya, and attorney John Koslar. That's a lot. That's a lot. Now, um, we should also mention, I think there's like another five folks who have, um, they've signed paper, but they don't have, they don't have a a website. They don't have, uh, they haven't raised any money as of yet. So that definitely discounts uh, or certainly puts them at a disadvantaged uh, position. So we don't, we'll, we'll wait to see what happens uh, with with those folks, if they even make make it onto the onto the board, you know, on our radar. Now we've had the opportunity to talk to two folks from the list I just mentioned: uh, community activist Jamal Green and former federal prosecutor Lori Lightfoot. Now, without giving an endorsement to either, I don't see either of them as placeholders for the uh, current status quo, and I say that. Um, just based off of some of the some of the issues and, and the, the questions uh, that we brought forward, you know, right now one of the issues I think that we mentioned was an elected school board. So uh, we don't have one. There's been uh, tremendous. There's op- opposition, obviously, from our current mayor um, to an elected school board, obviously because we don't have one. Uh, even though it was it was on the ballot. Uh, there was a referendum and there was overwhelming support for an elected school board. So that was a question that was posed to to both uh, Mr. Green and Ms. Lightfoot. And both have indicated that they are in favor of an ele- elected school board. Now, of course, we know that that is one of many, you know, of many issues because uh, we've also talked on the program. We've had, uh, I believe, it was, uh, Amanda Cass 
we talked with her about the Chicago's uh, Chicago's pension crisis and the onset or, or the you know waiting for the ramp year payments uh, that are going to be due and the fact that whoever is the next mayor is going to have to figure out how to raise revenue and of course when we hear raise revenue we think taxes uh, we think uh, regressive fines and uh, fees and you know all these types of things uh, and we've talked about that and we'll continue to talk about and monitor what is the response of uh, other candidates so that's one of the one that's one of the uh, issues that's that's going to be front and center how are folks going to deal with that and uh, just to bring back up without beating this back into the ground but um, you can go to Facebook go to Facebook we just put up because we talked about the commuter tax now that commuter tax this idea was pushed by uh, was attributed to Bill Daly uh, he says that he didn't say it but he was open for anything but um, we want to know what you think. Let us <clears throat> let us know because this is just one of many, many, many concerns that um, that the next mayor is going to have to to deal with. And for folks who say that they won't issue, you know, there won't be any more taxes, there won't be any new fines. Uh, this may be one of those things where you're able to look and see, or they said they wouldn't do something, but then they actually turn around and do the exact opposite. So uh, go to our Facebook page, uh, Radio Islam USA, and we just got a poll up. like to know what you think. Do you think that a commuter tax is fair or is it unfair? Right? Where do you, where do you stand on that? Um, so I mentioned we talked to two of those, uh, we talked to two of those folks, and hopefully we'll be talking to, uh, hopefully we'll be talking to everybody that's on this list. That is that is serious. Uh, what I did also want to mention, although we haven't talked to him, when I think about people who have um, that have already demonstrated a uh, a commitment to uh, to those who are disenfranchised, who uh, but also represent a a stake in the, the the corporate community as well. I see, and once again, I'm going to remind you. I say this without. Uh, with you know, not as an endorsement, just an observation. Businessman, Dr. Willie Wilson. Now, he is an interesting uh, individual, and I really hope that yeah that we get to have a conversation with him soon. Um, he is an interesting individual because he has made it a point to um, to bail folks out of uh, Cook County Jail. Now, you know, he's gone, and he's just. He's bailed nonviolent offenders out, folks who may have been sitting in the county jail for, you know, for months because they couldn't come up with five hundred dollars, couldn't come up with a thousand dollars. So he's, you know, that and that becomes a tax, basically poverty or, you know, you know, your economic being being in economic straits becomes a, a penalty. You know, you haven't been you haven't been tried yet. You haven't been convicted yet. But because you don't have the money, because we have this cash uh, bond uh, uh, bail uh, uh, bond system, if you don't have the money, then you have to wait. Right now. So the whole speedy trial that you are supposed to be uh, due and you're promised, it does not 
it doesn't exist. So a person like Willie Wilson, who is also uh, an extremely uh, successful uh, businessman, um, it it does represent a type of um, a type of concern that we often say we want to see from our corporate citizens. We want to see um, an awareness that there are folks who are disadvantaged. There are folks who who need that type of uh, assistance. And from a from, from as, as as a Muslim, right, a person who believes that my wealth is not just mine, but, you know, I'm supposed to use my wealth in the service of others. I'm supposed to use my resources uh, to, you know, to, to lighten the load uh, of others whenever, you know, possible. That's something that I find impressive. Now, I don't know. I don't know the circumstances, uh, the, the specifics for each and every individual on here. But I, I, I just, you know, I have a gut feeling that he also is not one who I would say would be a um, would be a placeholder. He's not somebody who would be just about the status quo, right? That he actually is interested in uh, serving the people and and as in a position, you know, if we can if we can elect and see some type of value, folks saw some type of value in our current president, uh, and they looked at him and said, "Well, he's he's rich, he's made money, he's a good businessman, so maybe that somehow qualifies him." to be the president, if folks can take that type of leap, uh, even though he had no uh, political experience, no experience in governing, um, then I think that Willie Wilson would also uh, certainly uh, should be afforded the same type of, uh, the same type of um, latitude, right? He's, he's been successful in business, but more importantly, and unlike our current uh, president, and many others that run for office, he has already demonstrated a um, uh, a sincere desire uh, to be of help. So I think that's that's really important. So I put him in the I put him in the category, the column of uh, of, of of change agents, right? Or at the very least, certainly not status quo. Now, going back through this list again. Uh, when it comes to someone like former Chicago Police Superintendent uh, Gary McCarthy, I've got my own questions. I've, I've got my own reservations. I mean, first of all, when we think about status quo, we think about, um, well, before we even go into status quo, let's just think about this. He was he was the fall guy, right? He was made as the, the fall guy. Uh, Mayor Emanuel fired him, dismissed him. Uh, after the uh, the footage of Laquan McDonald that was you know became public, and he sent him on his way. So he was the fall guy. Now we know that the mayor suppressed that. He kept that from being released. But somebody's got to be fired, right? Somebody's got to be the guy that we can pin things on. Um, but even in saying that, I still don't see someone who was the former police uh, superintendent as a change agent. I just don't, right? I mean, and if, if you do, I'd, I'd love to hear um, how and, and what makes you think that he could be that type of a, uh, he could be that individual. Because he also knew about the, uh, about the video. 
right? And and of course more, right? So there's some there are some uh, some structural issues and some uh, problems just within the operations and the systems that exist with our police department that 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 really hinder those officers that want to serve, uh, that come to work every day hoping to uh, make a difference, that want to make the city a a surf, safer place. Um, and it hinders them from being able to do so because they have uh, they just have a, a culture that has not been uh, addressed, that has not that hasn't changed. That it really has fostered any real partnership between the community and police. Although, you know, there there are spaces where there I think there are great relationships um, between police leadership, maybe the, the watch commanders and uh, folks in the community, you know, CAPS organizations, uh, things like that. But by and large, that's not something that is carried over as, uh, as an identifying mark of the Chicago Police Department in general. And I think a lot of that comes from within. There, there are structures that need to be addressed. And I say all of that to simply say that I don't think that I don't think that a former superintendent who did not really, you know, in my estimation from what I saw, who didn't really do anything to distinguish himself in, in, in regards to changing that culture. And, of course, it's not a culture that exists just in Chicago, but it's a culture that exists uh, around the country. Uh, and that is also related to the racial you know the, the the separation and the over policing and uh just you know a, a lot of a lot of unhealthy practices that that hurt us as a city you know overall so so yeah so i put him in the category of status quo i don't see anything remarkable uh, about him um and i guess probably in saying that i'm probably messing up our opportunities to uh, to have a sit down with him. I don't know. But you know what? If if there is, <laughs> if 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 we are, if I'm prejudging or I'm seeing him in a in a light that is not actually true, I would still I would I would like to sit down and have a conversation with him and, and let him let him speak for himself and let him address these concerns. I think that's the I think that's actually a healthy that is a healthy uh, space to be in. So, yeah, so I've. I have listed my concerns with this particular candidate based off of past uh, past actions and um, past representation. And if there's going to be something different, then it will be up to the candidate to uh, to dispel some of those concerns or address those concerns. Um, now, we've got a lot of other folks on the list. I'm not going to go through every single uh, person, but I, I guess I'll go back to the obvious one who a lot of folks are looking at as a potential front run, uh, front runner. And that would be Cook County board president, Tony Perkwinkle. Uh, we would, um, I don't know. That's a, is, is that really a toss up between her and uh comptroller, uh, Susanna Mendoza or I guess we'd have to throw Bill Daly. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Uh, it, it's going to be good. It's going to be good to see how things pan out, especially after the first um, uh, the first debates. See who gets invited. See who gets invited to that first debate, 
uh, and not just invited, but see how they respond to uh, the questions. And more importantly, what I'm really going to be looking at is depending on who, you know, who sponsors the debate, what questions are actually asked, right? Is police accountability, is that going to be one of the uh, concerns that's brought up? Are they going to have to detail how they're going to deal with uh, police uh, culture? Are they going to be are they going to be able to deal with a a murder resolution uh, rate? I hope I'm saying it right. But there's a, um, basically the number of murders that have been resolved and it just keeps dropping and dropping. I think we like somewhere around 20 percent or something like that right now. Um, you know, these are things that you know, should be talked about. You know, I'd like to hear what's, what is their, uh, what's their plan going to be on that? What's their, uh, what are their ideas around an elected school board? What are their ideas around uh, TIF districts? Uh, where do they stand on, um, on economic investment and development on, uh, and particularly, you know, those areas that have been, that have seen the most uh, sustained uh, disinvestment, you know, as we're talking about South and West Side, what are, you know, what's the plan with regard to attracting um, newer businesses? But more importantly, I like to, I, I'm personally, I'm very interested in what's the plan with regard to investing in, in small business, supporting small businesses. You know, is that something that the, uh, that whoever of, the, of these 21, is that something that one of them feels is important enough to um, to, 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 to think about and to talk about and to, to craft a vision for. But most importantly, I mentioned the, uh, the, the percentage, the, the breakdown according to, to race. Um, just to show that, and I don't know how well I did it or not, <laughs> you be the judge, but just to show that with these divisions and with Chicago being this quote-unquote city of, of neighborhoods, um, that we really haven't had a an administration. We haven't. We we don't have enough, and we certainly I don't think we have one um, at this point that is really bringing all of Chicago uh, together. That's really making a connection where there's not this sense of if it doesn't affect me directly, it's not important, or that it doesn't affect me. So. I'm going to be looking for who is that candidate? Who is the one who's really interested in uh, working with all of Chicago, who is not concerned with simply being a placeholder and maintaining the status quo, but is is really looking to develop Chicago to its full um, to its fullest potential and moving us beyond the uh, the separations. So that's going to be a challenge. Uh, and it's going to be a challenge to have the, the, the issues and the, the questions that most Chicago residents have. It's going to be a question. Uh, it's going to be a challenge to have those questions answered, to have those issues brought up. So I'm hoping that whoever is going to be the, the you know, wherever that first uh, wherever that first debate is going to be, that it's going to be done in a way that brings those uh, concerns into uh, into consideration. Lastly, I'll say, because I'm talking about the agenda, 
we had, uh, and if you missed it, you can go to RadioIslam.com or go to uh, anywhere you get your podcast uh, and lo- and listen to our interview, our, our conversation with uh, Nikita Brar. Uh, she is with the is it the Coalition for um, uh, Equity? Chicago United for Equity. Yeah. They have a really, a really uh, great plan on developing consensus uh, around uh, issues uh, that are important to Chicago residents. And it's and it's really grassroots, but it's it's really it's a brilliant uh, plan. And I'm hoping that it's successful because uh, it, it that to me, it has the the, the best uh, it has a great possibility of of being used as those talking points that we want to hear candidates speak to. This uh, forum that they have put together, it's a house by house. Uh, so Chicago United for Equity, it's a house by house um, platform. You know, you can get people, you get ten people to come out, and uh, they'll train you and they'll show you how the the whole system system works but it's it's an information gathering uh and it's a connection uh, it's a platform for uh, for connection for for neighbors to come out and to and to have their concerns documented and then as all of these types of gatherings take place and all the information comes together uh and they get to aggregate it they get to pull it all together and and see what are the uppermost concerns and what and this 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 allows for them to really say that this, these are the concerns of the people. So you might get up there and, you know, as a candidate and think that, you know, you want to talk about uh, more construction in, in a downtown uh, area uh, or you want to talk about our relationship with, uh, um, you know, uh, tech, you know, our presence in, uh, in, in technology, whatever it is that you want to talk about, you may find that that's not where the majority of Chicagoans where their concerns are. So this is a this is a, a great opportunity for us to to be able to have the concerns of the people brought up and have uh, our those who are looking for uh, our votes, have them answer those questions and, and talk to those in, in a serious manner. Uh, and, and not just not just in a way just to get the vote, because. Once again, status quo versus um uh, growth uh, and change for all of Chicago, and I think that's what that's what that's what we need. Um, and I think this is going to be a, a doorway for us to to get into that. So I'll tell you once again, Chicago United for Equity. Uh, just Google it, go to their site. You can get more information. Uh, and I'm thinking that we probably need to touch base with uh, Nikita sometime in the in the future, especially as we start getting closer to the election, just to see. Uh, how things are are moving along. So we're going to, um, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a short break, uh, but then we come back, we're going to, we're going to check out our jobs report for this week. So hang on. We'll be back in a moment. This is Radio Islam on WCEV 1450 AM. 